Good morning, Green Acres. Today is Monday morning, March 23rd, 2020. Thank you for being here with me this morning or afternoon or whatever it is that you are listening. This week, we're going to try something a little bit different, a little bit special in these daily moments of worship. Uh, So this whole week, we're going to read through the Psalms, some poems from the Old Testament, some stories from the New Testament, and even some hymns that focus on the idea of people traveling through the wilderness. My goal is that this week, as we continue to adjust and maybe even learn how to live well in this time of social distancing, that we would learn what the Bible has to say about living well, even in a time of intense anxiety, struggle, uncertainty, or just general discomfort, wherever you fall in that spectrum. So in order to help us understand living well, according to the Bible's own terms, I have asked Dr. Rebecca Moore to help us understand the idea of wilderness as a setting in literature, and maybe how the Bible gives us some categories uh, to think about wilderness, to help us make sense of the times that we're in, in our own life, when we feel uncomfortable, a time like now maybe. So this is your warning right now. We're going to get a little bit nerdy, especially in my conversation with Dr. Moore. But if you can stick with me throughout this whole week, we will begin to uncover some rich depth that I believe the Bible has to offer us to help us understand our own times. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Rebecca Moore. Well, this whole week, we are going to look at the idea of wilderness in the Bible. And my goal is that through this week, uh, that it would be an encouragement to you and help give you some categories to think about how the Bible shows us how to live well, even in times like this, that the Bible would call a wilderness. So I think to help us get us, uh, get us started, I've asked Dr. Rebecca Moore to help us understand the significance of wilderness in the Bible's narrative. So are, are you there, Dr. Moore? I am, and hello, Green Acres family. It's good to be with you this morning. Oh, good. I'm glad you're joining us for this. So I just have a few questions just to help us understand as a church uh, the significance of this before we really dive into it this week. So my first question is, can you briefly explain to us or for us the significance of setting as a literary device or as something in literature? Sure. Setting is an environment or surrounding in which an event or a story takes place. So setting is when the place and time influence the theme, characters, and action of a story. Setting may provide particular information about place and time. For example, if we look at Georgia in the 1860s, how how did that look? Or even just simply looking at a little cottage on the mountaintop. 
Okay, so the setting influences the way that we see the story. Is that is that what you're saying? That is. It influences the theme and characters and action of a story. Okay. So if it influences the the story itself, can you give us some examples of how maybe it would change the way we would understand a story? Well, I was thinking, for example, if we looked at The Wizard of Oz, and after the tornado, what if Dorothy landed in Ohio instead of Oz? We would never really understand her struggles to realize there is no place like home. Yeah, are there are there any other examples other than The Wizard of Oz that you know from classic literature where the setting itself is something significant to the story? Well, I always kind of think of Harry Potter, which he's becoming <laughs> classic literature, and the way um, J.K. Rowling, you know, did the setting in all those stories, how important it was to the magic and everything that we understood. Okay, so you're saying that we wouldn't actually be able to understand either Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz or Harry and his friends and Harry Potter if we didn't know the setting in which the story took place. Is that right? Exactly. It's very important how that influenced um, Oz influenced Dorothy and her friends that she met along the way. But had she landed in Ohio, she would have never run into the Tin Man and the um, Scarecrow. Okay. So for this next week, we're going to look at the specific setting of wilderness and the way that it's used in the Bible. Um, so, I, you know, at the end of this, I'm going to read a psalm that kind of gives us some ideas of how maybe the psalmist thought about the wilderness setting that they were in. But uh, what are some examples that you know where the setting of wilderness uh, specifically, that setting influences a story, maybe from classic literature or just anything you've been exposed to. Okay. In um, most of literature, um, as in the Bible, wilderness is a locale or a location for intense experiences. And I think particularly in the Bible, I think of um, severe need for food and water, as the Israelites wandered around and God provided manna and quail, I think of um, wilderness, intense experiences, isolation, Elijah, Jacob, and Jesus, isolated um, for thought and reflection. Danger, danger is in the wilderness. Deliverance is in the wilderness. If we remember Daniel in the lion's den and how he was spared um, from danger and deliverance. Also, some intense experiences require renewal. And I, I think for a lot of us, this particular time in our history is a time for renewal. And then we think of encounters with God. Um, particularly, I think of Moses and the burning bush and how that was an encounter with God. And pretty much in classic literature, you're going to find similar um, intense experiences. Wilderness is not some kind of resort, but it's a place for intense experiences. When with the ransomed in glory, his 
his face I at last shall see Twill be my joy through the ages To sing of his love for me Singing how marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be So, uh, in this, this isn't a question that I had sent you beforehand. So, just off the top of your head, uh, what you're saying sounds like it's very um, applicable to n- not just this period of coronavirus that we're in now, but kind of all of life. And it's it's one of my convictions that the Bible is more than just information; it's more than just head knowledge, but it's actually uh, supposed to be something that we identify ourselves in or with. In other words, we use the Bible and the story of the Bible to help us make sense of life and to actually live well. So do you think that's overstepping the idea of wilderness as a literary device in the Bible? No, I I don't think so. I believe that wilderness is a prime example of our times today and times we may have lived in in the past that maybe were not as intense, but it gave us thought for what our needs are, what our experiences are at different times in our life. So I believe wilderness is a prime example of how we can look to find security and answers at this time. Wow. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And the rest of this week, we really are going to cover this a little bit more um, just diving a little bit deeper just to see specific scenarios from the Old and New Testament, from Jesus's life, from the life of the Israelites, and how wilderness affected them, and maybe how we can learn from them how to live well even in the wilderness we're in now. So thank you, Dr. Rebecca Moore, for being here with us. I enjoy talking to you. Well, thank you very much for sticking with me this morning. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it was a little bit nerdy and maybe not right down everyone's alley, but I promise if you can grasp some of these ideas, these very important ideas, it'll help you make sense of the Bible and its storyline and what it means for us now and what it means for us even in this time of social distancing. So to finish us out this morning, I want to read Psalm 63. We read Psalm 62 last week, but Psalm 63 is specifically focused on Uh, David as the time when he was in the desert in Judah. So this is one of the desert psalms that I spoke about earlier in the the podcast this this morning worship moment. So I'm going to read this psalm slowly. I invite you to think about it. Before I read it, I'll give you just a second to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is for you to speak into your life and to make some real changes in the way that you think right now even. So I'm just gonna give you 10 seconds to think about this and to pray. Psalm 63 says, 
You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glorify in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. So thank you again for joining me. That's it for today. I will see you again tomorrow morning.